Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want you to um, turn with me real quickly to First uh, Timothy uh, chapter 6. If you're visiting with us, we want you to feel welcome. We're so glad that you'd come out today on this sunny Orange County day. Speaking it in faith in Jesus' name. Um, and uh, we're so grateful for you. Just a reminder, we don't have a 5 p.m. service tonight. We're just um, in light of the Super Bowl creating space for you to enjoy family and friends and community. Because how many know that is also a part of the kingdom of God? And uh, that is the church. And so we're going uh, to do that as we pray and intercede for victory for the Rams in Jesus' name. Christ's name. I just lost half the crowd. Some of you just out of spite, close your Bibles and said, I'm not going to read a single word or write a single note. Let me read these, um, these couple of verses in chapter, 11, uh, chapter 6, I'm sorry, verse 11. I've been looking at and we've been preaching a lot about... Um, Paul in the last few weeks, and, and I'm going to continue that, but we're going to start something, um, a little bit of a theme this week that, that could perhaps carry on over, but I'm going to explain it more in a minute. But in verse 11, this is Paul writing to Timothy, and he says, but you, say, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight. Say good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I want to begin um, this week. And as I said, we'll see, we'll see where it goes in the next few weeks. Um, I want to preach surrounding this series, if you like, um, what it is to fight right. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. Fight right. Because it's important that we understand as Christians, and I know that we talk about it a lot, that the moment you are saved and you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the Bible refers to it as being born again, whether you like it or not, the moment you pray that prayer, you are born into a fight. That you are born, the Bible says that, and we're going to read it in, in a few moments, that the verse where it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities and powers. That I think so many Christians, we hear that and we receive that, but we find it difficult sometimes in knowing the fight that God has called us to and the role in which we are called to play within that fight. That we hear, yes, I know that we're called to fight. I know it's a spiritual fight. And I, and, and I know that if I speak scriptures, it's the sort of the spirit. And, and I guess that helps me. And, and I know that when I pray, I guess 
that helps me. But I think sometimes we sort of, we accept the fact that we're in a fight, but sometimes we get confused and we get rattled because we're not exactly sure how we need to fight right. That while we accept that we're in a fight, and when I tell you that you have victory through the blood of Jesus Christ, some of you say, hear that and we shout about it, but then we're also a little bit confused because we can't quite understand why am I still feeling defeated. That if Jesus Christ has won the victory and every single thing was accomplished on the cross and this fight that I'm born into has already been won for me, then why am I getting beat? That I know it's not something that we necessarily want to shout about, but I think the reality is we would all be able to identify areas in our life where we feel like the enemy is actually, we're not walking in victory, we're walking in defeat. And the enemy actually looks like he's beating us. And that's why I think it's important when we talk about the spiritual fight, that we equip Christians and we educate and we teach and we train Christians based upon the word of God, what it is to fight right. Because I believe it's a strategy of the enemy to get people off track, fighting the wrong way, fighting the wrong fight, and get your eyes off what God has called you to walk in and the fight that God has called you to operate in and walk in victory in. That often we are losing the battle and it's not because we're so weak. It's not because there's not power in the word of God. It's not because you're, you're not going to church, you're going to church and, and you're singing the songs. Why are we then losing so many battles? And I believe that in this first message that I want to share on this, what I think will be a three-part series on Fight Right, is I believe the first answer to these questions is found in these few verses. That you've got to understand Paul is writing this letter to Timothy. And Paul says to Timothy, he says, but you, O man of God, flee these things, run away. And he, he mentions some various different things. And then he says, fight the good fight. Say good fight. When the fact that Paul is specifically addressing Timothy to fight a good fight, it would suggest then that there is a bad fight that he doesn't need to be fighting, that he needs to get out of in order to position himself into the good fight that God has equipped him and anointed him to fight in. In these few verses prior to this that we read about, Paul is speaking to Timothy. He's talking about the state of the leader's Within the church. And Paul is talking to Timothy and he's talking of the different discussions that are happening amongst the leaders within the church at the time, where leaders are having these petty disputes. Um, leaders within the church and teachers within the church and so-called apostles within the church that were actually false apostles that were, you can look at it later, but in verses 3 down to verse 10, 
he's addressing these issues in Timothy and he, he uses these words. He says, these, these teachers, they're about their own gain. There are, there are, I'm paraphrasing, but he's saying there are dysfunctions here among these teachers, Timothy. They're teachers similar to you, but, but, but they're about their own gain. They're about the lust of the flesh. They're about, they're about being, being, there's hypocrisy in the church. They're, they're, they're about what they can have. They're about earthly desires. They're about gaining wealth for themselves. He's Paul is, I'm trying to show you the perspective that Paul is coming at in verse 11, where Paul is talking about all of these different things that Timothy could be getting involved in. But then Paul says to Timothy, as we just read, he says, but you, say that again, say, but you. What that does is those two words show us what Paul, I believe, is trying to do for Timothy is he explains to Timothy all of the challenges and all of the distractions and all of the bickering that's going on amongst other leaders. Then he begins verse 11 and says, but you, Timothy, as if to say, Timothy, all of this is going on, but don't get distracted about everything else that's going on. Don't get distracted about what everybody else is walking in and the little petty battle and the petty disputes and the petty arguments that are happening amongst Christians that should know better. There's a but you right now. And I'm telling you, you need to get up out of that and you need to get in the good fight that you are called to fight and don't let the enemy distract you and cause you to get off track. He's saying to Paul, he's saying to Timothy, but you, Timothy, there's a, there's a call through these two words to a higher calling. I see Paul reaching down through two letters and to, through two words into Timothy saying, Timothy, you're better than that. You need to get up out of these discussions. I wish some Christians would receive this today. I see too many discussions on Facebook, on Instagram, and I feel like grabbing some Christians by the scruff of the neck saying, but you, you're called to something greater than this. This is doing nothing to advance the kingdom of God right now. You need to get up out of this argument, up out of this battle, up out of this fight. It's not your fight. Quit picking up other people's battles, other people's offenses, other people's insecurities, and get yourself in the good fight that God has for you. There's a fight. There is a fight and you will get weary in well-doing trying to fight somebody else's battle. Don't take on anyone else's insecurities, anyone else's battle. They're anointed for their own fight. You worry about the good fight that God has for you and keep on track. But you, that's what he says. He says, but you. And then he goes on. I love it. He says, but you. He says, you're better than this. There's something greater in you. What are you doing down there? And then he starts to speak and he starts to prophesy and he starts to speak not to what he's going through, but he speaks to who he is. And he says, but you man of God. You're better than this, Timothy. You're a man of God. You're anointed. You're appointed. You're called by God. You're a leader. There's greatness upon your life. Why would you be worrying about all of this other stuff and all of these other distractions and all of this other talk and all of this other bitterness and all of this selfish gain that all of these other people are about that should know better? I'm calling you to something greater and I'm saying, but you, Timothy, a man of God, you need to get up out of there and into to what God has for you. He says, but you, O man of God, don't forget who you are. 
Don't forget what you're called to do. Don't forget what gifting God has given you. Don't forget the visions and the dreams that God has given you. Don't let the enemy distract you. You've got to understand, yes, you're born into a fight, but it's a good fight. It's a good fight that you've been anointed for, that there's victory in. Don't get caught up fighting other fights that will just distract you from the fight that God has called you to fight. Muhammad Ali, the well-known boxer, paid a man a full-time job. He paid somebody on his staff full-time job to just walk around with him everywhere he went. And this gentleman's, this gentleman's role was to tell Muhammad Ali how good he was. How many think that would get you up out of bed in the morning, wouldn't it? His full-time role was to stand right beside Muhammad Ali wherever he went and just say, you're the best. You're the best. Just in the background, just always saying, you're the best. There's no one as fast as you. No one can hit like you. You flow like a butterfly, sting like a bee. They say Muhammad Ali, all of the little sayings he would get and say he would get from this guy. Despite what the media was saying, despite didn't matter when he was training, when he's in front of an interview, when he's facing the press, when he's by himself, when he's around people, there's a little dude who's just with him, full-time bro. You're the best. You're the greatest. No one can move like you. You're going to win this. You're a champ. You're stronger. You're faster. You're greater. You're creative this. You're going to win this battle. I wish that we would remind ourselves that Bible says that we have a comforter and we have a counselor. Some of you think, man, I would love that to happen for me. I would love someone. You do have someone. It's called the voice of the Holy Spirit that when you wake up in the morning, he's saying, hey, you're amazing. You're going to win this. I know you're facing difficulty, but you're going to come through this. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't worry about what you're facing right now. Your God is bigger. You're called you're anointed. You're appointed. God's going before you. He's making a way. You're going to come through this. It's not going to end like this. You're going to walk victorious. You're going to make it through. It's not going to kill you. It's going to make you stronger. You're not broke. You're blessed. Don't worry about what's going on. Don't look at everyone else around you. Tune your voice in and hear what the voice of God is saying to you. You are victorious in Jesus Christ name. I wish someone would praise him like you know what you're listening to, that your God is speaking to you, that you are going to come through, that you are going to walk victorious, and you are a winner in Jesus Christ's name. He says, you're a man of God. He says, don't worry about this. Don't get distracted. You're going to win. You're going to come through. You're going to battle this fight. Yes, it's a fight, but you've been anointed for a good fight. Say a good fight. What I want to preach on this morning is surrounding this thought under what it is to fight right, is you have to know what it is to focus your fight. Focus your fight. That's what Paul is saying to Timothy. Paul's saying to Timothy, don't worry about this. Don't get caught up doing what everyone else is doing. Don't give in to the, the distractions of the enemy. The Bible says don't look to the left or to the right. Fix your eyes straight ahead. The Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God. Speaking of a, of a focus, he talks about to be anxious for nothing. He says, finally, brethren, in Philippians 4 and verse 8, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, med meditate or focus 
on these things. Some of you get off track, not because the enemy's so strong. You just lose focus. You make yourself an easy target because you're looking over here and you see you get all pumped up and full of faith and one post, one little scroll comes along to your Instagram and all of a sudden you get off track. You start thinking, well, I'm not doing so good. You've got to stay on track. You've got to listen to the Word of God. You've got to allow the Word of God to be a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. Instagram is not the Word of God. It rattles you. It throws you this way. It throws you that way. Facebook is not the Word of God. It rattles you. It gets you off track. It gets you discouraged. It gets you distracted about things that do not matter. You've got to get focused. And you've got to say, God, you guide me. You direct me. You order my steps. Every single place I set my foot, you're going to give it to me. I'm coming out victorious. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. No matter what the enemy throws at me, your word tells me when he comes one way, he's going to flee seven ways. I'm going to come through this because I'm focused on what God has called me to do. Some of you, you are so quick to talk about how bad the battle is and how much you're going through it and how the enemy's coming against you. He may be, but you have victory over every single attack the enemy brings your way. But you can only walk in the victory if you're focused. You've got to focus your fight. You've got to get laser focus. What victories are you believing for in 2019? If you cannot roll them off, you're not focused. You're not focused. Don't give me this airy fairy. Well, I want to just have a good year. Garbage good year. I don't have time for a good year. Neither do you. You need to know what has God called you to. What's the new ground you're taking? Quit making it so easy for the devil to knock you off track. Because you're worried about this and worried about that. You don't even know what you believe. You've got to get focused. You've got to get grounded in the word of God and say, this is what I'm believing for. And I'm going to see it come to pass. Give him praise and I'll come. Calm down. Praise him for another 30 seconds. I'll take a drink. You got to focus your fight. It's not that you're weak. It's not that you're not walking in what God has for you. It's not that the enemy is so bad and so strong. One drop of the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you have any idea the mockery the cross made over hell? The enemy's not so strong. He has power, but you have more through the blood of Jesus Christ. You're just not focused. You've got to get focused. I want to give you real quickly, and we're going to get out of here so you can go watch football. Three areas. Three areas that you're going to have to combat in your life in order to keep your fight focused. First area is you're going to have to combat and fight against your feelings. Your feelings. If I got up here to preach only when I felt like preaching, this would be probably the second time you've heard me preach in five years. (laughs) Too many Christians, we talk about our feelings. I just didn't feel it. I'm sorry. I don't read anywhere in Scripture where it talks about walking by what you feel. We have to take authority over 
our feelings. I am sick to death of hearing Christians talk things like, I didn't just, Pastor, I didn't get to church today. We just didn't feel like coming, but we're going to be there next week. Don't give me next week. Don't show up and say, will you pray for me? Will you believe for me? If you're not here every single day, don't ask me to pray that you'll flourish in your life. If you're not obeying the word of God that says those that are planted in the house will flourish. I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here while it's raining on Super Bowl Sunday, but don't give me feelings. It's time for you to take authority over what you feel and say, I'm going to be there come hell or high water because the word of God says that I need to be planted and I'm going to believe that I'm going to flourish in 2019. You've got to take authority over your feelings. There's plenty of things I feel like doing. Sometimes I get upset when I'm driving down the 405 and it's peak hour traffic. I feel like sometimes getting out of my car and slapping somebody. But guess what? I am not governed by my feelings. I've got to take authority over my feelings and get focused on the fight that God has for me. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. For though we walk, for though we walk in the flesh... We don't war again according to the flesh. This is Paul speaking. Understand this about this verse. Paul, prior to these few verses, Paul is being criticized by the church. You look at it later on. Paul is actually addressing some issues prior to this where the church is criticizing the way in which Paul is operating. They're saying, Paul, listen, you're writing to us and the letters that you write, they're pretty strong and stuff. But when you come and preach, you're pretty, you're pretty low-key. You're, you're, you're pretty sort of meek, sort of mild. And they say, are you really like a real apostle? Because these other, and they're actually, what they're referring to is false prophets, false apostles that are calling themselves apostles. And they're actually walking, in, they're actually puffing themselves up and yelling and screaming and shouting. And Paul comes with a meekness and a gentleness in how he addresses them. And they start, the church starts to attack him. Paul's under attack in this moment. And then Paul steps into these verses and he reminds them, I don't walk according to the flesh. I don't do what I feel like doing. How many know Paul's background? He could have thrown down on these dudes pretty quick. These jokers forgot who they were talking about. This might be Paul now, but remember Saul who was taking Christians' heads off not far before this. So Paul says, don't, don't get me wrong. Listen, I could throw down right now against you if I wanted to. In fact, maybe his flesh wanted to, but Paul is speaking saying, I don't live according to the flesh. I don't war according to the flesh. Let me say it like this. Paul is saying, I won't let what I face determine the way I fight. Even though I'm facing something that makes me want to fire up. Even though I'm facing something that stirs my flesh. And I want to get mad. And I want to get crazy. And I want to start lashing out. And I want to start operating in the flesh. I'm not going to allow what I'm facing to determine the way I fight. Because I recognize that there is a good fight that God has called me to fight. And I'm going to fight the fight in the spirit. We have to understand if you want to if you want to focus on the fight that God has for you, you've got to take authority over your feelings. I thank God Jesus Christ did not give in to his feelings before he went to the cross. How many know he was tempted in that garden of Gethsemane and he prayed and he said, God, if there's any other way, guess what? He said, if there's any other way for this cup to pass, it sounds pretty and it sounds nice and a preacher's real pretty. But how many know what was happening in that garden was simply this, Jesus did 
didn't feel like it. We are here today because our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, made a decision that he was not going to give in to his feelings and he was going to do what he knew God had called him to do. If you want to focus your fight, you've got to take authority over your feelings. Job put it like this. He said, though he may slay me, yet will I praise him. Too many Christians come into church and say, well, I just didn't feel like worshiping today. I'm sorry, I didn't realize worship had anything to do with your feelings whatsoever. Maybe you thought this is Christian karaoke. Guess what? It's not. It's not about what you feel like. It's about what God is worthy of. So quit worrying about your feelings and start to lift up the name of Jesus Christ who hung on a cross for you because he's worthy of your praise. Why don't you give him praise right now, especially those of you that don't feel like it. I dare you, if you maybe don't feel like it, to just give him praise anyway and remind the devil that you don't live by your feelings, but you live according to the word of God. Quickly, the second thing, and I'm going to be done. I've got six minutes and three seconds. You've got to take authority over your feelings. You've got to take authority over your fears. If you want to focus your fight, the, fight, the good fight that God has for you, I promise you it is contrary to your fears. You have to not allow your fears to dictate the fight that you are willing to take. You have to make that decision to say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about what I'm scared of. I'm talking about a fear of failure, fear of man, fear of not having enough, fear of being alone, fear of not measuring up. You've got to make a decision the same way Peter did, stepping out of that boat. How was he able to remain focused? Was he had to take authority over his fears? Let me tell you this. You will always be fearful of something. Walking in faith does not mean the absence of fear. Walking in faith does not mean the absence of fear. Because if I didn't have any fear, then faith would not be required. Do you know what walking in faith is? Walking in faith is stepping out with a little bit of fear, focusing on your faith, and sometimes is going scared anyway. In Ezra chapter 3 and verse 3, it says this, the children of God, the Bible before this, the children of God were called to build these altars. And it says, though fear had come upon them because of the people. These are children of God that are under oppression. They are getting attacked. And it says, though fear came upon them because of the people of the countries that were surrounding them, they set up the altars on its bases and they offered burnt offerings unto the Lord. Even though they felt fear, they still went anyway. You've got to understand that if you're going to get focused on the fight that God has for you, you're going to have to look hell itself in the face and still keep walking, knowing that your God is big enough and you're not going to respond to your fear, but you're going to walk in faith. It's taking authority over our fears. Fear may be present, but it's not what I focus on. See, I'm scared, but I'm going to go anyway. Don't sit back and wait for all fear to go. Pray against it. Speak the word of God. He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. And then step out and believe that he is who we read about in Scripture. And he's going to come through for you every single time. 
Last one. First is combat fears. Combat, first is combat feelings. Combat fears. Then you've got to combat the facts. You've got to combat the facts. Because understand this. Facts and truth are different. I don't live by facts. Facts, are, facts speak to what is going on around me. Facts are what your bank account says. Facts are how crazy your kids are at the moment. Facts are how messed up the marriage is. Facts are how bad the diagnosis is. But I learned something about the Word of God. That my Word doesn't tell me that the facts will set me free. The Word of God tells me that if I know the... can't say it like you believe it. If I know the... The... Will set me free. So you've got to make a decision that I'm not going to live according to facts. I'm going to be obedient to the truth of God's word and I'm going to focus my fight on what the truth of God's word says over my life despite what my bank account says. His truth says that I am blessed. So I'm going to fix my fight and my attention upon the fact that his word says it over my life. You've got to combat feelings, fears, and facts. The facts were that David had no business being out there on a battlefield. The facts were that that furnace for those three Hebrew boys was pretty hot. Those are the facts. The facts were that for Daniel, it was going to equal death. I could stand here and tell you story after story in Scripture that supports this. But if you do not believe what you read, you will not see it outworked in your life. We need to make a decision that we're going to start to believe that our God is greater than the facts that we're dealing with and the situation around us and that there is a good fight that God has called you to win and it's time for you to start to fight right and put the facts aside and start to focus on the truth of God's Word over your life. I dare you right now to get on your feet and give your God 15 seconds of praise because you know that it's not the facts that will set you free, but it's the truth of God's Word. Listen to me. It's time to fight right. It's time to fight right. Some of you, you love the Lord and you're in the church and you believe in God, but you're running around in circles. Every now and then you'll swing a punch and get a victory and then you'll take 10 hits and swing another punch and, and you run around like this. And you, it's time to fight right. It's time to say enough's enough. I believe this word and I'm speaking over your life for 2019. You're about to take ground that you did not think was possible and you're about to do some damage to hell for the kingdom of God. But you've got to fight right.
And if you want to fight right, you've got to get focused. What are you believing for? What's on your prayer list? Some of you, that's foreign term. You're like, what? Get a prayer list. Get a word. Get some of these verses and speak them out over every single challenge. And you watch the power of God turn situations around. Get focused. And I promise you, you will walk victorious in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.